0: So, it is and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layments. Uh, today's going to be episode three, where we're continuing on with our uh, mini-series on Latin grammar, just kind of like an introduction, trying to, so for those that are in uh, a Latin class of some sort, um, high school, maybe, uh, you know, maybe middle school, I don't know, maybe, you know, my Vanguard kids can use this, or my RMCA kids can use this, or, you know, I might even implement these as homework for lectures. I don't know. You know, I just, I like doing these things and I like going back over, uh, concepts that I've done in the past, helping or for me to kind of sift back into my own brain for all of the, um, you know, the, the recollection of that material, because it's kind of practice for me, it's getting me kind of prepped and ready, you know, for the year or next year's academic year and being able to just, you know, sometimes when I go through these concepts, I actually learn things a little bit more deeply, or I remember things that I've forgotten about, or I just figure out better ways in order to instruct. Uh, so, so yeah, if you're curious, if you want to learn more, what we're going to be doing is diving into the second declension. So our first episode was first declension, feminine, first declension, um, second declension is going to be masculine, but also there is a neuter aspect to it. I believe I only have time to get into the masculine. If I do have time, we'll get into the neuter. And if not, then we'll talk about the neuter in the next episode. And, um, yeah, Latin relies a lot on gender as well we talked about in our first episode, Latin nouns have properties, just like verbs have properties. Verbs have person, number, and tense, mood, and voice also. Um, And for nouns, we have case number and gender case, nominative, genitive, dative, accusative, or ablative. All those fancy-dancy words that we talked about, nominative is subject of the sentence, genitive possessive noun, dative indirect object, accusative direct object, and ablative, finishing it off with a prepositional phrase. And then we talked a little bit about the vocative, but we just know that that is in direct address. So if you're ever yelling at somebody, you can think about that as the vocative case. Um, yo bro, what's going on? Vocative. Anyways, with that being said, I'm going to leave it there and let's just dive on into it and learn a little bit more about some declensions, understanding of such, and why declensions cases are so utilized within Latin and actually the efficiency, the efficacy, if you will, of the declensional system and or conjugation system that we also have gone over. Remember, just to note, And just to reinforce something that i've said in the past and that i will continue to reiterate conjugation is verb land declension is noun land keep those separate we cannot be putting noun endings on verbs and we cannot be putting verb endings on nouns i have a lot of that kind of you know mixing up of the endings uh with my students at the beginning and that's totally okay because i did the very same thing but i'm just gonna kind of remind you guys just kind of Sp- sprinkle it here and there, like Salt Bay would do with his uh, all the salt on his steak after he uh cooked it up real nice and well. The reason why I say that is because I decided to splurge a little bit and I got this really nice cut of Wagyu beef. I cooked it up last night. Mmm, something about me. E- I love my vegetarians and vegans so deeply and profoundly because they have such good qualities to them uh, and I'm gonna leave it at that because I'm referring to those that kind of do veganism and vegetarianism for more of the moral issues um, sometimes I know people that actually do ve- vegan and vegetarian to to curb uh, autoimmune disorders as well and stuff like that you know more power to you guys I love you you know what as long as you're not volatile with me if you're as long as you're not like that guy on YouTube vegan gains way back when you remember how how just angry that dude is. I don't even know what's up with that guy. I don't even know if he's still alive. God, he was just so problematic. I remember him. He just wanted to pick fights with everybody. Anyways, <laughs> I'm rambling, so I'll stop. But man, that was a good pus- uh, cut of meat. Like me some uh, some good meat. Anyways, I'm done. Shut up, Liam. Let's get into the second let and learn something new. All right. So where the first declension includes mostly feminine nouns with an A at the end of their base. Second declension includes mostly masculine and neuter nouns, like I said before in that introductory period, right before the ad, um, with an O at the end of their base. So the second declension has different forms from the first declension, but uses the same cases. The cases are always the same. They're just gonna be in different declensions. When we come into a different declension, it opens up an entire new vocabulary uh, or set of vocabulary words that we can utilize and use because we're gonna have words that are gonna be embedded within one declension and another declension and another declension. Um, And that's just where they're going to reside and that's where they're gonna stay. And like I said, don't ask me why, because I was not consulted in the design phase of Latin and all of these languages. But hey, you know what, we just got to we, we just got to do that. All right. So what do we say? A declension really is this group of nouns that share all those same endings that are used to decline them. So now that we're learning this new declension, it's really important for us to delineate the differences between the two. So before we delve into the full set of endings used to decline second declension nouns, uh, I always like to focus on the genitive singular. As we learn with more declensions, the genitive singular endings and forms will always be the best way to distinguish the nouns of one declension from those of another. So in the first declension, like we saw, it's A, or in the genitive singular ending, it is AE. So we can identify as a a noun as belonging to the first declension if it's genitive singular form. Second in the dictionary entry, if you ever look it up in the dictionary, a Latin dictionary ends in AE. So, for example, if we had the word like uh, Earth, which is terra, terrae, AKA terrae, that AE is pronounced I. Um, yeah, that's a first declension noun because terra is an A, and then in the genitive singular, it's AE, terra. The first form that you're going to find in the dictionary is the nominative singular. Terai is going to be the genitive singular. And then what we're going to see in the second declension, masculine, is that, for instance, how about we have the word God, like deus. Deus, us is going to be, and sometimes it's going to be an er, but predominantly us is going to be the nominative singular form, and its genitive singular ending is going to be i, pronounced e, as we see with the dictionary entry, deus is going to be followed by dei, spelled dei. So, first declension terra, 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 spelled t e r r a, like terrain, and then in the genitive singular, 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 t e r r a e. Vice versa, or on the other hand, we have the gen or the second declension deus di. E U S in the nominative singular and in the second form, dictionary entry generative singular form, we have day E D E I. There we go. Hope you have kind of an idea in your head right now. The second declension. o that we were talking about at the very beginning there that we're going to predominantly see at their base for the masculine and neuter nouns can appear as a U as well like we talked about in the nominative singular us or in the accusative singular um we haven't delved into all of the endings yet but i will flesh those out for you to actually hear the use the U, um or the ums and the "es" and the whatnot so we have accusative singular um like i said or it can appear as an i like we were talking about with the dictionary entries genitive singular and the nominative plural i pronounced e and the dative and ablative plural, which are going to be is. Dative and ablative plural are usually always the same. It's just a pattern. Don't ask me why. So let's go ahead, and I'm just going to start riffing off the second declension masculine endings, beginning with the singular. Nominative singular is going to be us, or in some cases, er, which we'll discuss in a second. Genitive singular, e, dative, o, accusative, um, ablative, o, and then we, can always do the irregular vocative because it is irregular in this declension. It's not the same as the nominative. It's an E. It's a short E, which is an E. In the plural, we have the endings E, which is an I, orum, is, os, is, and then the vocative is regular here. So the plural is just going to be identical to the nominative, which is I pronounced E. So again, I'll riff it off real quickly from nominative down to vocative from singular to plural. Us, e, e, orum, isos, is, e. In forming a second declension masculine noun, do the same thing you did with the first declension. We're gonna take the noun that belongs to the declension, remove the I and the genitive singular ending from the genitive singular form to get the base, and then we're gonna add, add the endings on. So here's an example of that process. So we take the word like filius, meaning sun, we take the word philius we get the base which is phile, which is going to be f i l i to that you're going to add the endings there you go look at that a plus b equals one two three that's what i love about latin is because it has formulas things that you can always use, tried and true whenever you're at a loss. That's what I love about math. I like things that are tangible, that things that I can plug and chug things that I can refer back to, or I can substitute in. I just love that about math. I'm, I, I I really do. I love, you know, and I love physics too. Like E and M physics was a little bit of a different story for me. That's electromagnetic physics for anybody that doesn't know, but like physics in general, when I'm given equations, when I'm given scenarios and I know how to actually plug and chug and or solve for variables in order to get to my unknown, then I don't know. It just makes sense to me. And that's what Latin is for me. And I hope to show you guys that further on. So an example of that process, when we take the Philly E base and we put the endings on, so we have Philly E, what is it going to render in the nominative singular? Philius. Then in the genitive it's going to be Philly e with two i's next to, to each other, which is kind of awkward. Then we go Philly o, filii um, philly o. We're we'll talking about the vocative in a second. Filii e, filii orm, filii e Now we can do it with deus dei as well, right? Deus go into dei d e i. What are we going to do? We're going to remove that genitive singular ending, which is i. That gives us the base de. And then we're going to add the appendages, a.k.a. the case ending. So we have deus, dei, deo, deum, deo, deo, dei, I'm sorry, deorum, deis, deus, deis. Note the vocative singular of uh, this word Um, going back to philius. um, The Romans didn't like taking a base that ended with i and then putting a short e after it. So the word if we look at Phileus and we look at the vocative singular, it would have rendered philiie, uh, which would be spelt F I L I E. And that sounded pretty disagreeable to the Romans. So they left the E off the vocative ending if there was any I at the end of the base. So thus, the vocative for Phileus is just going to be Philee, which is F I L I, AKA the base of the word Phileus. Now I would like to address a minor peculiarity involving the second declension, because I mentioned that we touch on this later. And this is that later. The Romans, for some reason, did not like the end second declension masculine nouns uh, with an R-U-S. So if a base ended in R, like the base puer, which means boy, for instance, let me get a little bit of water here. try to take my mic away so that you guys don't hear me swallowing water. That's kind of weird. I realized that you can actually pick up co- quite a bit of things. And I'm, I'm sure that there are certain people that get sensory overload and they're like, dude, Liam, just edit that out. And I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. I wish I could, but I actually don't really care that much and nor should you, but now I'm talking about it for some reason anyways. So, we're going back to puer, right? The, the the so they didn't like so if we had puer, they didn't like to say puerus. Um so instead they just said the for the wo- Latin word boy it's puer. The Romans instead of doing puerus in the nominative singular just went simply to puer. This is the same thing with man which is we're, vir, the i r. This is where we get vir- viral, virility. I'm sure virus, because men are can be viruses to the world, I don't know. My female students always love when I say that, and you know what, I tend to agree with them most uh, often, usually all the time actually, because um, us boys, we can be uh, pretty dumb. Anyways, uh, therefore though, just going to talk about the regularity and wrap it up here quick with puer, So it's not going to be in the nominative singular. It's not going to be puerus like filius or deus. It's just going to be puer, like we're, for instance. So there is that minor irregularity and you're just going to know when you look up the word in the dictionary. All right. So if you see that form, that base in the nominative singular and in an R, then you know that it's going to be that irregular nominative, uh, singular ending in the second equation. Masculine. Okay. The, another one is like liber bear, bear. It's means book. Uh, it's where we get library, but also I believe it's where we get liberation from because I believe that books make us free. Um, but there we go. Right. liber bear spelled L I B E R. Um, yeah. So then it wouldn't be liberos, it would just be liber, libri, librum, libro. And that's what also happens here. So let's get into it. If the second declension masculine na- noun ends in an ER, and it's nominative singular, like we were talking about with liber, uh, and you can't tell with, whether the E is retained in the base or not, just by looking at that one form, uh, what do you got to do? Well, you got to look at the genitive singular to see whether that base does what grammarians call contracts or not. Um, so, the Latin word liber, meaning book, illustrates the principle really well. By just looking at the nominative singular liber, it's impossible to tell if the base contracts or not. But by looking at the genitive singular libri, which does not have an E, you can see that it, in fact, contracts. And the base of this word is going to be libr, all right. So then it goes from liber to libri, right? Because that r put on the genitive singular ending i, and that's where we get libre. All right. So these er second declension nouns demonstrate the importance importance of deriving the base of a Latin noun from its genitive singular form not its nominative singular. I always say to get the base of the word from the genitive singular form, that's where you're going to get the... Because typically, as we see in uh, verb land with conjugations, uh, typically the first person singular is usually the most irregular. And things, forms, and words that are more irregular in form can afford those irregularities because they are used a lot more in our everyday speech. That's why iterations of to have can change so dramatically versus something like uh, walk, right? So has, have can be has, had, ha, um, have, has, had, having, I don't know, versus something like walks, or all right, so I'm walking in the present, I will walk in the future, or I walked in the past, right? Something like that, you know? Words that are used more often like like the verb to be, is, are, am, all of them, I am, you are, he, she, it is, I will be, you will be, I was, you were, all of those coming from the same form or the same word, just it can afford those irregularities because we use those words so much throughout our everyday speech so let's review this important formula to get the base of a latin noun you drop the ending from the second second form of the ver- in the vocabulary or dictionary wherever you're getting that Latin noun. You're going to be looking at two forms always. They're always in a Latin dictionary. Or if I, for my students, my glosses that I give them and stuff like that, always two forms. First form, nominative singular. Second form, generative singular. So if I were to look in a dictionary, I would look, maybe I've come across something like Fortuna, Fortunae, And even then, the dictionary is going to put probably Fortuna, comma an F next to it. And there you go. If you, didn't, if you didn't have that F, that F is abbreviated showing that it is feminine in nature. But if we didn't have that F, we could look at Fortuna and Fortunae. And it doesn't look like us E, so I know it's not second declension with those A's. It's looking very first declension in my opinion. So if you drop the AE and the genitive singular ending from the second form, as you can see, Fortuna, Fortunae with that AE, what are we going to get from that well we lop off that ae and that's going to give us f-o-r-t-u-n fortune that's the base that you that you use to create the rest of the form so now if i have fortune now i can reiterate it through all of its cases starting at nominative singular aka fortuna and then the genitive singular fortuna and then the, the dative singular fortuna again and then accusative singular fortuna And then ablative singular fortuna with a macron over the A because it is a long A. And that's how we distinguish between the nominative singular and the ablative singular. All right. So there you go. Now, if I were to look into the Latin dictionary and and find a word like ager, agri, which is also going to show an M next to it, which means masculine in nature, well, the dictionary has already told me. But if I didn't have that M next to it, I would look at Ager, spelled A-G-E-R, and then in the second form, aka the gendered singular, it's A-G-R-I. So A-G-E-R and then A-G-R-I. First off, does that sound feminine or masculine? Is that first declension or second declension masculine? Well, will look in masculine, plus I already said that it was masculine because there's an M next to it because you would find that in the dictionary as well. There's no curveballs here. Um... But, looking at Auger, it goes to Auger, agri. What's going on here? Is there a contract? Is there a contraction here? Does it go from Auger to Augeri or does it go from Auger to agri? Looks like we got a contract here. It contracts from that E, gets pushed to the side just like with Liber, right? Liber turns into Libri and they get rid of that E and it turns into L-I-B-R-I. So. With that being said, what are we going to do? I'm going to look at that genitive singular form. Agri. How am I going to get the base? Well, what do I remove from that genitive singular ending? Do you guys remember? Yep, just the genitive singular ending. No curveballs here. Like I said, that's going to give us the base agr. Ager in Latin means field. It's where we get agriculture. In fact the latin word for farmer is agricola so what am i going to do with ager agri and now i can start appending all of the case endings onto agri in order to get a fully declined nominative to vocative singular to plural second declension masculine noun ager agri agro agrum agro and then Is it an E or is it not in the vocative? Well, I don't know. Well, since it is ager in the nominative singular and there's no I that would, you know, make it kind of weird having an I run into a short E, we're all good here. The, the vocative is going to be as the as same as the nominative singular. No qualms here. Let's just move on. While it's empty I need some water here. While it's tempting often to use the nominative singular to get the base of the of a noun, uh, because the base does often exist there in its proper form. Just don't get into the habit. Sometimes it can you can get a little um a little careless, if you will. Too often the nominative singular is irregular, like I said. You will do yourself a great favor by practicing using the genitive singular to get that base right. Get that base from the the genitive singular form. Don't defer to the nominative singular. It's too irregular for that. Second declension is one of those few categories of Latin nouns in Latin where the vocative singular is different from the nominative singular in certain cases. So for instance, a second declension masculine name like Marcus has a vocative singular ending in uh, E. So it'd be Marque. Likewise, the vocative of a word like tyrannus, meaning tyrant, is tyranny. Or if it is amicus, it's going to be amike with an e. In all of these instances, the noun is being directly addressed. But there are two instances when e is not used in the second declension vocative singulars. First, if the nominative singular of a second declension noun ends in i-u-s, the vocative singular has no ending whatsoever. So, for instance, the name Virgilius, aka Virgil, the Latin form of the name of the great Roman poet Virgil, um, has the vocative Virgili, aka V E R G I L I, not Virgilié with an E I E at the end. There's no E. That E ending is dropped altogether because that I assimilated with an E next to it, that cluster, that vowel cluster, is really not agreeable to those Romans. Secondly, if you have a nominative singular ending in ER, the vocative singular returns to its normal form in other declensions, where it's identical to the nominative singular form. So for instance, the vocative singular for the word puer is going to be puer, not puer a Just like I said with Ager, it's not going to be agere. It's just going to be agare. And that is a course correction for me because I think, sifting through my mind, I said agree. Not going to be correct. The vocative singular for agare is aguer. There you go. Course correction, hopefully. And with that being said, that's all I got. I hope you guys learned something new. And if you did, I would really appreciate support. It's a very free way to do it, a.k.a. a rating. That's all it is. Just give me some stars. Hey, if you have people that are trying to learn a language, trying to just understand the words that they use a little bit more, you know me. I don't always dive into this Latin stuff. I also do a lot of etymology. I do a lot of just ramble-bambling. I love words. I love talking. I love sifting through the thoughts in my brain. Everything is just so cathartic for me um, in this modality. I love podcasting and I love listening to podcasts because it helps me be productive while also inputting material inf- information. So with that being said, remember to thank yourself. Think about an aspect of yourself that you haven't really given a lot of credit to lately. Or maybe an aspect of yourself that you've been angry about lately. And then, thank it. Or be kind to it. And say, you know what? I'm sorry. I haven't been acknowledging you. And that could be a toe. That could be a toenail. That could be a, a, a scab that you keep on picking at and not allowing to heal. I don't know. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself. So that you can imbue that love. To the people around you, because love can be infectious. I truly believe that. You just got to be deliberate with it. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And until next time, tempos est descetere.